Greetings, innovators, and welcome to Back of the Napkin, where we explore big journeys in the world of small business with the personalities who make it happen. And welcome back to another one of these bonus segments that we like to call Friday Fails. I'm Dusty Weiss, along with Stephanie Davis. And Steph, I think when most people think about failure, they consider a business closing or a deal that didn't work out, a moment where they kind of lost something in a way. That's right, Dusty. And those are experiences that can provide valuable lessons, which is why we're doing these segments. But one type of failure that doesn't always spring to mind is the kind of failure that happens as a result of too much success too early in the process. When we talked to Hiran Patel, the owner of Nonsense Indian Cuisine in Chicago, that's exactly the sort of failure that knocked his business into crisis mode really early on in his journey as a restaurateur and food brand. Yeah, one of the failures, well, it was, it was a failure at the time, which I think we recovered from, was growing too fast. You know, when we first started Nonsense back in 2013, we were blessed with having hundreds of customers come through our doors every day, right? And those are all good things to see as a business owner. You're just thinking, wow, we just served 300 customers during a two-hour lunch, and we're doing this day in and day out. So we were thinking a lot of the thoughts that we had before we started the business is, wow, we're going to get to 100 locations and no problem, no time. A year goes down the road, and uh, my partner was going to another section of the loop of Chicago and just canvassing other businesses and looking at other things that are going on, concepts and other food businesses. And he saw a for rent sign of a restaurant space and he called the individual, it's available. He had really low terms for the space and we're like, let's do it. We're ready for this. This is going to be fantastic. Already at two stores within a year. Wow, we're growing. Until we opened the store, we started selling more food and seeing customers where we realized our food's not that consistent no more. (laughs) You know, when you when you grow so fast, one of the things that we realized is consistency issues of food and flavor profiles. So this was something that went down three, four months of problem solving. And um, it cost us a little bit of money to fix. You know, we ended up finding a commissary kitchen out in Pilsen that we used to kind of make all the base flavor profiles. And then we were kind of sending them to the two stores in the city to kind of fix that problem that we faced. Because mind you, when we were, we were close to making four to five tons, no, we were using two to three tons of sauce a month. So that's roughly around 6,000 pounds of sauce a month. And not having any manufacturing skills or not having any mass production skills really affected our business the first three months when we had the first two stores open off the bat. So that was probably one of our biggest failures is growing too fast. You know, when sometimes things are working really well, you got to just let them work for a while to making sure that things are well oiled before you take the next steps of growing multiple locations. How did you find out that the food consistency was not there? Was that something that you heard from a customer or did you actually bite into a bowl of one of your favorite dishes and it just wasn't what you were expecting? It was both. It was us and customers. We noticed this off the bat, you know, and we were doing small steps in the restaurant to kind of mitigate some of the problems as we were making large batches of sauce. 
as we would portion them off into smaller portions. We would kind of reduce the sauce more to get them to the consistency wanted more so. But it just became one of those things that when we realized how important it was to making sure our flavors were consistent is when we took a major pause in the business. We waited several years to even think about doing a third store until we addressed some of these problems. And I think these are some of the problems why we haven't really seen any national Indian brands out there because Indian food is very hard to do consistently. It's really spice driven. There's a lot of spices that go into the food and one cook from another, depending on how they use that flame, could really alter the flavor profile of the sauce. So that's what I've been working in the past four or five years is working with the teams around that we had and resources that we've had and kind of fix some of these problems and address some of the situations before we even start to really think about going into four, five, six, seven, eight, nine units. But I'm glad to say that we are in a position now of fixing this supply chain consistency issue that with the right funding, if we wanted to open 100 nonsenses next year, I wouldn't be scared to do that. That's really wild to hear. Now that you have that sort of manufacturing process in place, how scalable is it? How easy is it for you to dial up the production and what goes into that? Is it just a matter of finding the inputs that you need and throwing money at it? Or is it more complex than that? Yeah, it's it's a little bit of both, right? It's going to take, obviously, it's going to take a little bit of money to do certain things. And it's also just following all the regulations and laws out there, right? And someone's put work behind making sure that we food service providers have to follow certain protocol to making sure that our guests and customers have safe food. So making sure that we follow all the rules and also sticking to some of our own ethos, you know, and making sure that we want to make sure we offer clean and healthy and foods that come with a clean label. It's not as easy to just dial up and dial down and add new things because everything that you really do when it comes from a scalable mindset is it has to go through FDA regulations and testing and every change costs money. So you really have to, I want to say, work with people that can really guide you to the finish line because these are certain things that I wasn't familiar with. But now it's one of those things that you kind of have to reach out to people because we don't know everything. And having the right team around you can really help you find the finish line opposed to finishing out your bank account. How did it feel in the moment when you realized that the consistency wasn't there? Was that hard to accept for you? Yeah, it was really hard to accept because once you're in business, you can't turn off the clock unless you get into a pandemic situation. <laughs> business doesn't stop. Time doesn't stop. And just knowing that we had the flavors that we want to give customers, it just wasn't the overall quality we wanted to give. It hurt. You know, it just wasn't a good feeling. And it was one of those things that we knew that we were going to solve one way or another. So we were working frantically and working with the right people around us to kind of make it happen. And one thing that led to us was, you know, we had to put money towards a separate kitchen that we hired and leased out for us to making sure that these flavor profiles were consistent because that's one of the things that would really, I think, affect any kind of business, whether you're you know, going to, a, to get a haircut at a Great Clips, for example, or going to a nonsense for a curry bowl, is that if you have that one bad experience, you're really not going to go back or give people a second shot. 
because there's so many other providers out there that can give you that service again. So did you see any financial impacts from this consistency? You mentioned having to get a new kitchen space or did sales decline? Like, were there any impacts like that? You know, funny enough, we did see some financial impacts because we had to now go and seek out some additional space to run the business that was a whole new expense that wasn't part of the plan before. So we did have to adjust for that. You know, but to be honest, outside of like our regular customers that were coming to Nonsense once or twice a week, they noticed it right away. But many of the people didn't notice it. And business was still going up. We were still seeing the same amount of customers. And I'm not sure how I can say this, but I think one of the reasons why the consistency wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be in terms of maybe customers not coming back was also because of the fact that it was really, it was a foreign cuisine to many people. You know, a lot of people didn't really know what a vindaloo was supposed to taste like. This is how a tikka sauce tastes like or a korma sauce, right? I knew this in my heart and some of our regulars or some of our people that was really familiar with Indian food knew those issues that we were facing. But for 95% of our customers, they would have never have noticed. Um, because it was such a foreign or new cuisine that they've just experienced, if that makes sense. But we knew inside that we couldn't allow that. You know, We knew that we have a gold standard that we have to abide by, and we have to at least achieve that before we even think about going to the next or future growth of nonsense. Well, in that way, it sounds like it at least saved you a little bit of grief and maybe it was a little bit easier to recover than it would have been if it would have been a more familiar cuisine. But it's a relief to hear that that worked out all right for you. Well, Hiran Patel, the owner of Nonsense Indian Cuisine, three locations now, at least very soon in the Chicago area. Thank you so much for revisiting this Friday fail with us and allowing our listeners to learn a little bit from your hard-earned lessons. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Don't grow too fast. Embrace the (laughs) success in the beginning and just take it easy. I've got to say, Dusty, I never thought we'd be hearing from an entrepreneur whose biggest failure was rooted in too much success too early. Steph, certainly as an entrepreneur, I can say there are times that I wish I had those kind of problems. But I think as Hiran showed us, growing too fast poses just as much of an existential threat to a business as growing too slowly. If you want to hear the full story of how Huron came up in the cuisine scene and started his own restaurant, check out the full episode in the podcast feed and make sure that you check in with us again soon. We'll have more full episodes and more Friday Fails coming out on a regular basis. Please make sure that you're subscribed in your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating or even a review. We would love to hear from you about any ideas you have for small business owners who we should be featuring on this show. Back of the Napkin is brought to you by Sure Payroll, where small business is their business. From easy online payroll to 401k support and award-winning customer service, Sure Payroll has been serving the payroll and business needs of small businesses for more than 20 years. Learn more at surepayroll.com and get two months free as a new customer. Here on Back of the Napkin, our co-producers are Carrie Straits and Dave Papa. In addition to co-hosting, I'm the executive producer, and our production partners are PodCamp Media where we provide branded podcast production services for businesses. Our editor and producer is Larry Kilgore III. So thanks for tuning in to Back of the Napkin. I'm Dusty Weiss. And I'm Stephanie Davis. Stephanie Davis.